welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the furious Matt. Hello there. So, not going to lie, been waiting a while for this one. Mm. <laughs> a good man goes to war, the mid-season finale, if you like, because yeah. uh, there was a bit after this episode, there was actually quite an agonising wait for the next how, how one. How long was it? Um, I, let me just see. So, uh, this was broadcast on the 4th of June, 2011. And the next episode was 27th of August. Okay. So it wasn't so a couple that of months, long, but so. it it felt like forever. Mm. <laughs> this is the first time we've seen it where the season's been broken up. Yes. Yeah, this was the first time it happened. Uh, sadly, not the last. Right. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I don't think many people were. Uh, it's never been... The, the uh, production staff have ne- were never like super clear on exactly why. The commonly held belief is it was basically Stephen Moffat was too busy with because he was co-running Sherlock at this point. Right. Um. So he had so much on his plate doing two massive shows for the BBC at the same time that, like, uh, basically he hadn't quite finished writing the end of the series. Right. Um. So. But this 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 week we are specifically talking about a good man goes to war, which just tell me what what did you make of this episode? What did you think of it overall? The I think it starts really good. Yeah, dips in the middle. Yeah, ends really good. Cool. Well, that's you know if it's going to dip anywhere, that's where you want it to dip, isn't it? Yeah, like it. I think it set up a narrative that we didn't really see. Yeah, and then. What we did see wasn't as good as what was alluded to, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, no, that does make sense. Um, I, 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 overall, I really like this episode, but part of me is always slightly disappointed and unfulfilled by it because it's not, it's not quite a Doctor Who story hmm. in the sense it's not like. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for a bit, uh, uh, to an extent, for the formula of Doctor Who. I like show up in a place, encounter a problem, sort the problem out, you know, nip off in the TARDIS mm. onto the next adventure. This isn't that kind of a story. You know, things are already in motion, picking up from the back end of uh, the last episode, and it's all about kind of the, the series-long narrative... It's that it is just dealing with that for the whole episode. So there's no sense of the Doctor coming in to fix anything other than rescuing Amy. Yeah. And yeah. So do you know what I mean? It just doesn't quite feel like a standard Doctor Who story. And maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing, but there is a part of me, just a small chunk of me, that is at the end of the episode feel like, well, I mean, that was a lot. And that was, you know incredible like the first time i watched it i was just like shell-shocked mm. by the end of it but when when all that dust settles i am just a little bit like eh. wasn't really a doctor who story though was it mm. it was a story about the doctor and amy and rory and yeah and uh, so i don't know but there, there is a lot of good stuff it's like it's good tv there's yeah. no doubt about that it's there's yeah yeah so, uh, shall we just, like, we've got a lot to get through, so shall we just get stuck into it? Yeah. 
So, we start at Demon's Run. Yeah. And baby Melody Pond has been born. Yeah. So we can tick that off our list now. Yeah. Amy, Amy was, was preg- pregnant. Yeah. Okay. So now we're up to question two. On your flow chart. Yeah. <laughs> Which we alluded to last week. baby the girl in the space suit? Okay. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the answer has to be no, because that child was a Time Lord. Yeah. And so, this isn't a Time Lord. No. Okay. So then we get to, is that child a young River Song? Well, no, because it was a Time Lord. So now we're at, what the hell is going on? Okay. okay. Which, you know, that's that's a perfectly reasonable place to be at the start of an episode. Yeah. So, the woman with the eye patch turns up, and she gives Amy two minutes with the child. Yeah. So we've seen the woman with the eye patch, like, time and time again throughout the series. Yes. This is where we first see her Like, in, in situ. Person. Yeah. And she's, I don't know, evil midwife? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, the Cybermen are 20,000 light years away. Yeah. And they're all panicking because they believe the Doctor's on board. So, Amy's doing this speech to Melody where she's like, you have nothing to fear. There's a man. He's coming to save you. He's the bravest man in the whole wide world. Nothing yeah. bad will ever happen. Did you, did you feel the fake out coming with that? Uh, like, the old, the well, old switch? Because, like, you assume she's talking about the Doctor. Yeah. And, and then she says, that man is your father. Yeah. But to us, he's known as the last centurion. Da, da, da. Okay. Yeah. So, like I say, we assume it's the doctor. Yeah. It's not. It's yeah. Rory. Yeah. And you realise, like, I, I have a question from myself and a message from the, the doctor. doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's just striding in, in full century regalia, onto a Cyberman spaceship. Yeah. He says, you know, I've got a question. question. The doctor's got, got a message. message. And they say, okay. He says, the question is, you know, I know you s- patrol this area of space. Where's my wife? Yeah. And they sort of don't entertain that. And they say, okay, what's the message from the doctor? Outside the window, you just see their entire fleet just blow up. It's fucking amazing, it's class, isn't it? that, isn't it? It is amazing. It is. Like- and then, and then the, the, the absolute kick here, Rory just says, shall I repeat the question? Yeah, Rory's like, pretty good in this episode yeah like I like angry Rory yeah like we get both sides in here don't we, we do we, get, we do we get nice nurse Rory yeah but when he's angry because the only thing that ever makes him angry is if anyone messes with Amy yeah so and, like that yeah. tells you everything yes okay so then we're back on the base where they're preparing for the incoming of the doctor and there are headless monks yeah now, straight away, I just thought, they're wearing massive hoods. At least one of those is going to be the Doctor. The <laughs> other one's probably Rory. Because everywhere yeah. you go, there's just there's two just like... side by side in massive hoods. And I, all the time I was just thinking, that's probably the Doctor yeah. and Rory. Okay. Uh, and we meet Lorna Bucket. Yes. Okay. Who is Who... a crew on Demon's Run. Yeah, and yeah. her story parallels Amy in that she's met the Doctor as a child, however, he never came back for her. Yeah. So, my question is, who is your favourite celebrity bucket? You can have Lorna Bucket, Charlie Bucket from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Uh or Hyacinth Bucket (laughs) from Keeping Up Appearances. Okay. Um, Confession time. When I was a kid, like, when I was, like, six years old or whatever, and didn't know any better, 
and it was on, I enjoyed keeping up appearances. Yeah, that's not a guilty admission. Everyone loved it. I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, I can see it was utterly crap. Yeah. Like, it was not a good show. Um, but at the time, yeah, non-critical faculties, David, did enjoy a bit of keeping up appearances. That being said, Charlie Bucket. Come on. You can't beat Charlie Bucket, can mm. you? He's a good egg, that kid. Yeah. I'm well, suspicious well, I... of Charlie's granddad. I, Spent can... all that time in bed, and yeah. when he wins a free trip to the chocolate factory, <laughs> he's up tap dancing on the table. <laughs> I take it, when when we talk about these characters, we are both picturing uh, them as portrayed in the Gene Wilder yes. uh, classic film version. Yeah, yeah. not uh, the Johnny Depp. Yeah, version. less said about that, the better. Um, anyway, yes. So then we're also introduced to Fat Soldier and Thin Soldier. Yeah, they, they, they specifically refer to themselves as the Fat, Thin, Married, Gay, Anglican, Anglican. Uh, Marines. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Fat One says, why on earth would we need names on top of yeah. that? Well, the reason so, they don't need names is, is because they're absolutely irrelevant to the plot. Yep, one of them. Except for the Fat yeah. Soldier who was told to give a donation to the Headless Monks. Yes. Am I right in thinking they just cut his head off? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, we then cut to, like, Victorian Britain, where there is a Silurian, one of the lizard aliens yes. that we've seen earlier, yes. who has just killed Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Uh, well, like, we only get a little bit. Uh, I mean, we get throughout the, the, the episode, but, like, first impressions of Madame Vastra, the, the sort of in, uh, Victorian adventurous Silurian. Mm-hmm. Well, when I, when I looked on Wikipedia, because oh, I, I couldn't remember... You the, should be careful with Wikipedia. Well, yeah, yeah, well, I couldn't remember the name of the race. Yes, so I, I like, looked yeah. on it. And then, am I right in thinking, like, her her companion and one of the other characters like are like a feigned group? Well, we'll get there when we get there. Okay. Basically, this is their first appearance, but maybe it won't be their last. Oh, right, okay. So... Right. I didn't really... I didn't know if it was just, like, fan fiction. Because I think when I Wikipedia'd yeah. it, I was on, like, the TARDIS wiki. Yeah, yeah. Um, whenever I read anything and it's just like, oh, yeah, it's on so I never really believe it because it's just some Doctor Who nerd. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah you, might, you, may, you may see Madame Vestra again okay. and, and Jenny. Um, but... So Jenny's, yeah. like, her housemaid assistant, but also, like, sidekick. Yeah, and possibly lover. yeah. It, I don't think they are quite explicit about it, but yeah, uh, yeah. And she says, "Oh, well, someone's dropped a gift off for you." And when she goes to see what it is, it's, it's the, the TARDIS in yeah. the dining room. Yeah. Okay. We then have a Sontaran battle. Yeah. Uh, and there's a child that's injured. A uh, Sontaran they, 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 nurse <laughs> appears. Yeah. And he's told that helping people in battle is the greatest shame brought upon a Sontaran. <laughs> yeah. So he's actually like a pretty nice guy. Yeah, I, I I love Strax. He's like that's such a great inversion of Sontarans. Yeah, and because it's it, quite a nice little comedy vehicle that he's he's like a real hero, but he absolutely hates that. Yes, <laughs> like yeah. it brings shame on him that yeah, he's like that he's... saving everyone. Yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, so he exits the tent once he saved this child's life. 
the TARDIS appears. So, and, and I love as well, like, his parting line is, one day I hope I shall meet you on the battlefield and and uh, destroy you for the glory of the Santaran Empire. Yes. Yeah. It's like, so good. So, basically, the Doctor's just calling in all his debts, isn't he? Yes. So, like, yeah. anyone who's ever wronged him or he's helped he, yeah, he is owed a favour yeah. to. So, he's... That's what I thought this episode was going to be. Like, I thought we were going to get a full episode of the Doctor raising an army. Yes. And almost get, like, a greatest hits, if you know what I mean. Where we see characters yeah. in the past and what We, we get a bit of that, but yeah. um, not not all of it. It's it's kind of a whistle-stop tour. Though, having said that, worth noting, the Doctor, apart from a hand-brandishing a sonic screwdriver and a silhouette that we see from, like, you know, on a wall... Yeah. The Doctor does not appear for the first 19 minutes of this yeah, episode. Yeah, So it's kind of like half the episode is, is that. But like I thought with him not appearing and us just getting the TARDIS, I thought we were almost going to get like tales of the Doctor from around the right. galaxy. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, so we might, for example, see... I don't know. I can't think of a good example. Some Daleks. Yeah. And they're having a conversation about, you know, the why people should be worried about the... Well, we do kind of get that as well, like with, you know, the Colonel's speech on Demon's Run and, and, mm. and stuff like that. Um, this episode, like, the the first offer is very much about the myth of the Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, from there, we see River. We Whenever we see her, she's sort of in this long prison corridor... Yeah. But this time she's like, oh, give up. I'm not yeah. breaking out. I'm breaking, <laughs> breaking back in. in. Yeah. She's uh, just back from a from a date night with the Doctor. Yeah. Uh, I think they've been to Paris. Uh, no, London. It was it was the last great frost fair. That's it. They'd been on the river, hadn't yeah. they? Yeah. And did, who, was it Stevie Wonder? Yeah, he got Stevie Wonder to play. And she yeah. says, like, don't tell him. <laughs> yeah. 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 So she bumps into Rory. Yeah. And... We get the feeling this is like their first meeting because she doesn't recognise him initially. Then when it's like, "Oh, you're Rory," yeah, yeah, okay, a sort of funny man. And she knows that she can't help the Doctor because this is Demon's Run. Yeah. She knows what's going on. So instead, she just gives this kind of prophecy, almost. Yeah. Like she yeah. says, it's the Doctor's darkest hour. It's when he thinks he's going to rise highest, but he'll fall yeah. lower than ever before. Yeah. Um, and she says she has to appear at the end because it's the day he finds out who she is. Yeah. Okay. So. so no pressure on this episode or anything. <laughs> That's a lot to live up to. So we cut back to the base and we find out the one-eyed lady is called Madame Corvarian. Yes. And it we see it's a blue alien. We've seen him before as well. Yes, we? uh, Dorian Maldivar. He uh, is like this sort of merchant of rare goods. Yeah. We last saw him selling a uh, vortex manipulator to River Song yes. in the season five finale. Yeah, I thought we'd seen him before. Yeah. He's quite. He's he's good fun. I think he's yeah. a, like a fun actor. It's, it's a big performance. Like yeah. no no pun intended, but like. You know, it's kind of quite, he's a slightly cartoonish sort of character. Yeah. But I quite enjoy that. So he says to Calvarian, You should be worried. The Doctor's raising an army. Yeah. And, you know, he basically says he doesn't even need an army. He's that dangerous on his own. Yeah. But he is. Okay. And this is where we get the mention of this episode title because 
he says, do you know why your place is called Demon's Run? Yeah. And it's Demon's Run when a good man goes to war. Yeah. Okay. So when their meeting's finished, I think he heads outside. The TARDIS is there and he begins to panic. Yeah, he's like, no, you can't possibly need me. Yeah. But yeah. So whilst in her isolation room, Amy is visited by Lorna Bucket, who gives her a gift. She says, where's Lorna from? Is it like the forest? The Gamma Forest. The Gamma Forest. Yeah. And she says, you know, when a child is born in my society, we give them this gift. And it's like a leaf pattern. Yes. Where it's got the child's name in their language. Yeah. And so it's a really touching kind of thing. I I, I think uh, Karen Gillan plays this scene brilliantly because, like, she's... I mean... Let's let's just stop for a moment and think what Amy's been through here. Mm. She's been kidnapped, taken to some horrific weird space station. She's given birth to her her daughter, only to have her snatched away from her. And uh, hours later, and like, and then this one of the people who works on this space station like comes in and starts acting all nice. Is like, I've got this lovely gift for you, and so like, uh, Amy's response is can I have your gun? Because I'm worried you might continue talking. <laughs> it's just like, um, yeah. But obviously, eventually, she does kind of soften and kind of realise that this this is a, genuine is a, a genuine gesture. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we find out at this point the headless monks are headless. Their yeah. necks are tied up like the top of a bag of bread. Yeah. That's uh, kind of, a freaky visual, isn't it? Yeah, but... I think that in this episode, the headless monks are totally unnecessary and are just there because we needed a disguise for the Doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Like, to, at the end of the episode, <laughs> I still couldn't work out if the headless monks were good guys or bad guys. Uh, definitely bad guys because they teamed up. They, they were working with the uh, Anglican Marines um, for this particular like whatever they are doing on demons but when everyone when the battle's lost yeah and the doctor you know appears to be victorious do they still keep fighting no but they return right so they they evacuate but come back basically so the general starts giving a big speech to his troops saying you know don't worry the doctor's not this big monster this boogeyman yeah he's He's, not a trickster or a god or yeah he is just quite simply a man yeah okay so it's at this point he starts pulling the hoods down and he says, you know, I've got permission to show you the headless yeah. monks. Yeah. And when he pulls one of them down, it's of course the Doctor. I do like the sort of concept behind the headless monks where they say, you, you know, the reason that they, they have no heads is because they say, you know, faith comes from the heart and doubt comes from yeah. the brain and they don't want to doubt, they just want to believe. And like the way the Colonel talks about... The doctor, the man who talks, the man who persuades, etc., uh, etc. Et I think that it kind of gets lost because there is so much else going on in this episode. Mm. But there is like not so subtle criticism of religion, yeah, taking place in this episode. It's actually not the first time we've seen like militarized religious. No, because you know we've seen Anglican Marines before in yeah. uh, uh, the the Angels two part of last series. Mm. So it's obviously um, something Moffat is keen to kind of touch on, and you know the way in which like blind faith can lead you to 
to like violence and and uh, things like that and like what the doctor stands for because he does stand in opposition to blind faith he stands for reason talking out thinking things through mm. you know understanding something before wading in spraying bullets everywhere that's not his style so when the doctor appears uh, the whole base then loses power and yeah. goes dark yeah and I've just put here the headless monks are Jedi pretty much so they have lightsabers. Yeah. They can shoot lightning. Like they've they're made, probably more like Sith than Jedi. They've made it look a little bit different because it's like it's crackly and like yeah. there is a blade, but they're lightsabers. Yeah. Call a spade I've a just spade. added the lizard lady and her maid are ninjas. So yeah. they're, they're just running amok on this base. Yeah. They're just doing whatever needs to be done yeah. using stealth. The Silurians teleport in with the Jadoon and the Sontarin. And the space World War Two fighters. Yeah. So it's just everyone. Everyone, the Doctor's little friends, are helping yeah. him. Okay. For example, Madame Kavarian wants the child and says she's set a trap for the Doctor. Except Rory turns up with the space pirates. Yeah. And pulls a sword on her. Okay. And this is where we get one bit I really did like this episode is the conversation between the Doctor and Colonel Mantar. <sighs> this is. I would say maybe Matt Smith's best scene so far. Mm. So he it's says, amazing Colonel Mantar says, I'm going to tell my men to stand down and evacuate. And the doctor says, no, you're going to tell them to run away. It was like, I want to bring absolute shame on you. Yeah, he, like, Whenever people talk about you in the future, I want children to call you Colonel, Colonel Runaway. Yeah, I want them to, to, to you know, throw stones at your house because they found the house of Colonel Runaway. Yeah. Oh I think, my does god! He, does he say at this point as well? He was like, "I wouldn't normally do this, but I'm angry." And he was yeah. like, "I haven't been angry before for a yeah. long time." This yeah, is... just like, he says, "Oh, this is new. Don't know what's going to happen next." Just like, oh, Matt Smith's performance of that is amazing, mm. and like, and also credit to the guy playing the Colonel that because he doesn't have any speech, but like his facial reaction to that like you can feel how every word is stinging and then like so he, he's like he's like screwing up his face and then Ma- when Madame Bavarian sort of stands there and says give the order yeah like you like he has no authority mm. at this point um, amazing scene so Rory then has risky rescued Melody yeah and he goes to free Amy and we get a nice sort of reunion scene where the Doctor yeah. introduces... Sorry, the Doctor is introduced to Melody and we find uh, out that in all the languages he can speak, he also speaks baby. Before we get there, I, I have to talk about the moment where... like, Because Rory comes in, you know, amazing hero. He's in his Roman uniform. He's holding his baby, you know, because uh, Amy's saying, like, they've taken her, they've taken her. And, and Rory's like, as if I would let that happen. And then when he reunites with her, he starts crying. Yeah. And Rory's like, is, oh, God, I was going to be cool. But I was gonna, but, and, and that's the thing, we get both sides of Rory there. I, think, I love I think that. one of the most important bits is when he and Amy are hugging, the Doctor just sort of walks in to break the tension and goes, gross, and walks out. <laughs> yeah. But Rory beckons him back. Yeah, he's like, you're so not going we, anywhere. we've sort of... It's almost as though Rory's worked past his issues with the Doctor now. Yeah, he he so. knows he's not playing second fiddle. Yeah. And I thought that was quite important. Definitely, yeah. Okay. So, the Silurian 
says the doctor's won and he's never been higher. So that alludes back to what River said that you know when he's highest, that's when he's going to fall furthest, yep. which worries Rory. Okay. Yeah. So Amy asks the doctor if he's ever had any children because he brings out a cot to put Melody in. Yes, he finds and an old cot in the TARDIS. We know he has. Yeah. And then he sort of like stays silent and he, she says, Well, did you ever have children? And again. He just sort of dodges still, the question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, the Silurian asks the doctor if the, hu- the baby is human. And we find out through medical scans she's human plus Time Lord. Yeah. Okay. So. This is where my flow chart goes out the window, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because it turns out all the questions I wanted answers to are just one big question, aren't they? Okay, unpack that for okay. me. Okay, so let's... So, question one was obviously, is Amy pregnant? Yep. Yes. Is Amy's baby the girl in the spacesuit? Now, if you answer yes to that, I've said, but that child was a Time Lord, yeah. so it couldn't be. So yes, it could be. It could be, yeah. Okay. Then I said, is that child a young River Song? Well, River Song's not a Time Lord. So actually, this was where it all fell together with me, because like, what I should have been doing is just mashing my piece of paper <laughs> with that flowchart and you know, just rub all the words together, opened it back up and seen what happens. Because yeah. It's kind of all happening simultaneously. We're, we're, yeah. Everything is coming to light now. Yeah. Okay. So, it was because of exposure to the time vortex yes. at the point of her... Um, conception. Conception. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. She was conceived on the TARDIS. The Doctor tries to work out when that could have happened. Yeah, because at first he, got... he's like, he's like, no, no, that's got to... You know, uh, on the one hand, he's like, you know... He's like, oh, well, I don't really ask. I'm not... You know, he kind of turns a blind eye to whatever goes on. Um, but... When and he's kind of running through all the options. It's like, well, you know, Rory wasn't there to begin with. Then he was plastic, yeah. and yada yada. And then he's like, so the first time they would have in this version of the universe, the first time they would have been together would have been on their Honey. wedding night. So, yep, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but then is that? Possibly how Time Lords started. Well, what the the reference to it in this episode, uh, I think it's Vastra says to, um, or possibly Dorian, I forget who it is, but basically says to, but how your people started, how they became who they are, was through exposure to the Time Vortex. To the, mm. uh, and and Zora says, yes, but that was over millennia. You know, how can it happen? And, uh, and Vastra's like, well, She's had a head start here, hasn't she? Yeah. So basically, it's vague. It's intentionally vague. We're never going to like have a definitive recipe for how to make a Time Lord. Yeah, that's but that, not that would outline if the Doctor knew yeah. that the Time Lords came from people travelling in time. That would explain his affinity for humans. Yeah, potentially. It would explain why all the Time Lords look like humans. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a very popular theory that, that that Time Lords are essentially just a different branch of humanity. Mm. Um, well, so never... is pretty much everything. Yeah. You know, look at the cat people, the tree people. Yeah, yeah. But uh, never confirmed, and probably never will be confirmed by the, by the series mm. in, on TV, because, you know, that kind of... Some questions you don't want answered. Yeah. 
So yeah. the Doctor thinks back to the girl in the spacesuit when he said she must have immense strength if she was going to break out of this. Yeah. So is it the girl in the spacesuit? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was so. Just, right. And do you remember at the end of that first episode where you said you had two theories, both neither of which could be correct. One was that the girl in the spacesuit was River Song, and one was the girl in the spacesuit was Amy's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They've been my two... Like, <laughs> my, the two big things I thought yeah. all series, yeah. and you thought they like, couldn't but, possibly be, be true. true. They are both true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah and I was just sat there, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, oh, you've really screwed up there, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah... <laughs> Since day one, I <laughs> yeah. predicted this. And then yeah. bloody Doctor Who tricked me into thinking, no, it couldn't be. Couldn't possibly be. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, it turns out Kaverian wants the baby to fight the Doctor. She's seen the attacking power of the Doctor, his ability to destroy. She wants that power harnessed yeah. for herself. Yeah. So, the TARDIS gets sealed in a force field, so it's inaccessible. And the monks start chanting... Uh, prayer that's recognised as their attack prayer. Uh-huh. Okay. And when they do that, they kill... I can never pronounce this. Is it Maldova? Uh, Mal- Maldovar. Maldovar. Yeah, Dorian Maldovar. Yeah, so they just chop his head clean off. Yeah. R.I.P. Dorian. Yeah. So back with Kaverian, she says she can't believe the Doctor's been tricked twice the same way. Yeah. So what is Her exact words are, I think, something along the lines of tricking you once uh, was fun but uh, tricking you twice the same way is a privilege yeah yeah. she is proper evil isn't she yeah. she's just no holds barred so, 100% concentrated evil that woman so what I thought we were going to see was a room full of pregnant Amy avatars uh, I thought we were going to get an, an army that would have been weird them. okay yeah so, but no it's, it's worse than that yeah Turns out yeah. the baby was the flesh yeah. avatar, and we just see that pop. Just, just, yeah, just turn to gloop. So, turns out <sighs> the Doctor's big victory was a defeat. Yeah. And Amy's absolutely fuming at the Doctor, doesn't yes. want to talk to her. Yeah. Uh, we get a nice moment where the Doctor talks to Lorna, and yeah. it turns out he does remember her. Yeah, she's like been injured in the battle. Yeah. But, like. And this is where we get the big end yeah. of episode yeah. so River appears yeah. to talk to the Doctor and says this is all his fault he caused all of this the fear that he commands yeah. led to this battle yeah. led to you know Kaverian wanting this child yeah. weapon Yeah. Uh, and River tells the Doctor who she is before uh, but before we get there like, I, I, I think it's important to mention like the way River says the word for wise man healer Doctor we get that word from you, mm. which is an interesting idea. Kind of, it it kind of, there are, there are some slight issues with that, where it's like, the Doctor chose that name because of what it implied, mm. and now the, the suggestion is that it implies what it, what it is because he yeah. chose it. So, you know, like, hard to square that. But anyway, I still like it as a moment. And then she says, but if you carry on the way you're going, think what that word might come to me. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So when it's revealed to the Doctor who River is, he seems to really like it. It makes him yeah. smile. Yeah. Brings him joy. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this big defeat doesn't seem so bad. Yes. 
So he tells River to look after Amy and Rory yeah. and says, oh, I'm off to go get the baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So River says that the language written on the cot is Gallifreyan. Yeah. And because the TARDIS isn't here, uh, it hasn't been translated. It takes a bit of time yeah. for Rory and Amy to be able to read it. Yeah. So she says, if you look at the leaf that you were given by Lorna, yeah. um, there isn't a word for pond in their language. He said, the only water in the forest is the river. Now, we've heard that before, haven't we? We have, yeah. I forget exactly where, but it's like in some random prophecy thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, they tried to inscribe the word pond. It came out as river. river. Yeah. They tried to inscribe the word melody. It comes, comes out as song. So, melody pond is river, river song. So, is the baby... The girl in the spacesuit? Yes. Yes. Is that girl a young river song? Yes. yes. Is it a Time Lord? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, ish. Yeah. So <laughs> Enough well, of a Time Lord to on regenerate. On my chart where it said what the hell's going on, yep. actually it's pretty clear now, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty solid ending. And we are only halfway through the series. Yeah. Was this always <laughs> the plan with River since her inception? Because if it is, they've been playing the long game on this one, haven't they? I do not know to what extent Moffat plans things out and to what extent he makes things up as he goes along and just tries to make it all fit. Hmm. Um, so it's hard to say. It's certainly... I feel like it's a very satisfying reveal. Hmm. I do think it's like we, we've been strung along just long enough for it to really feel like, wow, okay, we're going somewhere. This is... Yeah. yeah. So I really like it. Um... Something I did want to mention about this episode, especially now that we've got to the bit where like we've 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 lost Melody and then we found her again as an as an adult as River Song. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of I was reticent to say this because you know, there's nothing worse than parents banging on about being parents. But this was my first time watching this episode since the birth of my son. And I'm gonna be honest, it hit me differently. Mm. It really did hit me differently to, to how it had previously. And I can't say whether it was positive or negative. Like, I certainly felt more and I felt differently than I had previously. And that moment of Amy's daughter turning to gloop in her hands was horrifying on a level it hadn't been to me previously. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, it's, um, but I just kind of wanted to mention that because it, 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 re- it was one of the things that really, really struck me watching this episode uh, last night was just like, I, I, I could kind of put myself in Amy's shoes in, and Rory's shoes in a way that I never could have quite previously. Um, and so, yeah, on the one hand, yes, they know that their child survives and grows up to be River Song that's lovely and in some ways I would love to have a crystal ball and and, 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 and look and be like oh I know that, that my son you know turns out okay and has a good life and is a is a happy confident person and all the rest of it but to also have them snatched away f- uh, from me at, at the moment of his birth 
So it's hard to imagine what Amy and Rory must be going through right now. I guess is what I'm going down to. And, and I think that's one thing that the episode basically doesn't really have time to explore. Yeah. Like, you get the moments of horror from Amy, but, like, by rushing into this reveal, we're all of a sudden, we lose the impact of that moment of them having lost the child in the first place. Mm. Um... But none of that detracts from the fact that it's a crazy twist. <laughs> and it, like, it's an amazing way to go yeah. into the second half of the season. Yeah. Didn't see it coming. Yeah. Despite the fact that you kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you, you did, you talked yourself out of it magnificently. Yeah. Well, um, all, the, all the logic dictated that that yeah. wasn't going to happen. And yet it did. And yet it did. And it felt like it was earned and satisfying. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, it's... it's there's... <sighs> There has never been an episode quite like this mm. so far. Um, maybe there never will be again. It's 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 a it's a it's a weird one, but a overall a really good episode. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so yeah, uh, and and uh, as I say, there was a bit of an agonising wait for the next episode, but but you, dear listeners, are uh, only going to have to wait one week mm. to hear us talk about "Let's Kill Hitler," which is a. Thanks. That's an episode title, that isn't is it? That's not where I thought this was going to come. <laughs> the doctor's like, oh, I'm off to go get the baby. It's like, oh, let's kill Hitler. Yeah, well, let, let's see how, Imagine let's see how if, that plays out. like, Baby River Song was also Hitler. <laughs> you know, Colvarian wants her to be this weapon of destruction. Yeah. What better weapon of destruction? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Well, well tune in next week to find out. Until then, thank you very much for listening. And cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.